The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Have you noticed all the gaming commercials filling the airwaves lately? There's a reason for that. Gaming is sweeping the nation. Everybody wants in on the action. So get your information from the people who planted the flag first. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Welcome in, everybody, to our number two of the early line right here on SportsGrid on a Thursday morning. And we have the opportunity now to talk about some of the fallout from last night's NBA action because there were some noteworthy results. Though there shouldn't have been certainly one in Oklahoma City. Maybe we would come on, Lakers, 2-0 without LeBron. We could joke around. Is this Russ's team moving forward? Ha, ha, ha. Look how fun this is. Russ, triple-double, plus 210. What a great job. Everybody high... They blew a 26-point lead to the worst team in the NBA. A 26-point lead to the worst team in the NBA. Between the second and third quarter, allowed the Thunder to score 78 points. That same roster mustered up 19 in the opening quarter. Russ, triple-double, great. Quadruple-double. 10 turnovers. Anthony Davis didn't get the ball for like a full quarter because Russ thought he was hot. Mello hasn't scored since the Memphis game. What did we watch last night, Donnie? Now, see, here's you, you can hear the tone in Kevin's voice because he's upset that the Lakers lost, which is understandable. But I'm the old sage veteran here that's used to gambling. I'm watching this game, and I'm saying to myself, I hate the Lakers. They're up 25 points here. Look at the start by Russ. And as the game inched closer and Russell Westbrook continued to pile up statistics for points, rebounds, and assists, I got the big smile on my face. Kevin starts to turn into a frown. I want to say, Kev. What are you watching here? We're about to take down a plus 210 here. This is the best scenario and game of the night. So sometimes I realize we have money bet on the game for Russ to get a triple-double. There was a question at some point in that game late third quarter, which Kevin would have gladly taken a Lakers victory and Russ to get stymied at nine assists or nine rebounds last night. It was the perfect game. It was beautiful. If you're a Lakers fan, an Oklahoma City fan, fantastic stuff when you take down a plus 210, Kevin. It doesn't matter who wins the game because you know what? You won the game. So while that is fair, the reason that I wasn't thinking about the triple-double is while that game was starting to teeter away, at no point was Russ ever leaving the game before getting a triple-double. He was in Oklahoma City. It's why we bet it at plus 210. I'm surprised he didn't have it in the first half. He entered the second half needing three points and like two rebounds. He was always getting the triple-double. 
They weren't supposed to blow a lead of 26 points to the worst team in the NBA. Does this mean they still need LeBron? I don't know. The Lakers are injured early to start this season. Apparently, everybody's going to say, I told you so, that they're old. The people that are injured are like 23-year-old Kendrick Nunn and 21-year-old Talon Horton Tucker. But I guess people can victory lap some injuries, if so be it. All in all, a disappointing loss. But really, is it the biggest thing in the world? I'm not so sure. Because interestingly enough, when you lose to bad teams, you kind of chalk it up to, ah, not focused. When you lose to good teams, maybe a little more concerning. And the Brooklyn Nets have played three pretty good teams to start this season. Perhaps the other teams that would round out the top four in the East. In Milwaukee, who blew them out. In Philly, who should have blown them out, but they let Doc Rivers remain their head coach. And then the Miami Heat, who also blew them out. As we bring the radio audience into the fold and appreciate all those listening to the early line on Sports Grid Radio, Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wright's out here on a Thursday morning. Donnie, panic button, Brooklyn, two and three. They don't look good. Mr. Kyrie Irving maybe needs to take the jab and help, and, uh, help this team out or something here because it ain't working right now. Not time to panic yet, but you're starting to see some cracks in the foundation. And it's not so much that the Nets are sitting there at two and three and lost a game last night. It's the post-game press conference where Kevin Durant sat there with the microphone and goes, what do you want me to say? Yeah, we miss Kyrie Irving. I'm not going to lie to you about that. That's all I needed to hear because it looks like they entered the season like, hey, Kyrie, we don't want you. We're going to handle our business as well. And you're going to see how well we're playing. You're going to be so frustrated at home that you're not playing that you are going to get the vaccination and come join us. Now Kyrie's sitting at home with a little bit more of a power hand and saying, hey, it's like you guys really need us out here, so we'll see if we can sweeten the pot. Maybe I'll come back, maybe not, but you guys really need me to advance. Again, it's early in the season here. James Harden looks like he's still trying to play himself in the shape. Kevin Durant will be fine, but it's the other options on the team that you need to watch out for because you're supposed to win. When you have two superstar players like Kevin Durant and James Harden, that should be enough with even a random cast around you. They have a much better average cast than most NBA teams, and it's still not working out right. Now, also, when you bring back up the Sixers' win, which they got on the road, they could be sitting here at 1-4 and four right now and probably full panic mode. Not ready to panic yet. They lost to some good basketball teams. We get that. They're still trying to play themselves back into shape. And for one thing, Kevin, in the NBA season, it's not really about where your seating is. Is if you get to the playoffs and you're healthy, that is all that matters. Now, last night, great look by you to get the three-point prop down with Joe Harris. I had a same-game par that included Harris as well as James Harden making at least two threes and getting six-and-a-half assists or more, and he got that seventh assist. So good game overall for us for our wallets. But boy, oh, boy. It's going to be fun watching the Brooklyn Nets over the next couple weeks. At the end of the day, they miss Kyrie. They really miss James Harden. He stinks right now. Offensive rating. Kevin Durant is 120, right? James Harden last year for Brooklyn was 123. This season, 94. Where is the beer? Coming right back, the early line continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Back right here on the early line should be joined by Rick Harrow shortly. But wanted to bring up one more note from the NBA last night, Nani, because there's always going to be some surprise teams. Could it perhaps be the Cleveland Cavaliers? We were talking about this game yesterday where they had upset the Denver Nuggets in Denver and good on them. That's a great result. But then to go to the Clippers, certainly it wouldn't happen again. Not only did it happen again, but this team right now is playing defense, man. They beat the Hawks 101-95, the Nuggets 99-87, and then they win in L.A. last night 92-79. The Cavs right now certainly won to watch, Donnie. Yeah, 92-79, which is extremely interesting for the simple fact here. What was this played in 1992? Like the old Knicks defense here? Yeah. Unbelievable that an NBA game would have 92 to 79, but also one of those other upstart teams. How about those T Wolves, Kev? Three and one after beating the world yeah. champion Bucks on their home court 113 108. Good stuff last night in the NBA. Yeah, Minnesota, when they get a performance like the one that they got out of D'Angelo Russell, I think you're going to see that group really be difficult to stop there. To win in Milwaukee on a night where Giannis gave them 40 points, was substantial. But I also think you're seeing when Drew Holiday is not around, that is going to be difficult for them. And just one more key note from the NBA. The Kings, buzzer beater victory over the Phoenix Suns. Give the Kings credit. Mm -hmm. Harrison Barnes is playing some great ball for them. Phoenix early struggles, though. A 1-3 and three open to their season right now. Certainly something to follow here. We now bring into the fold as you hear him moaning and groaning over there. Rick Haro. Rick, thanks for showing up, man. We were waiting on you, pal. Hey, there's a hamster over there that is mad because I didn't feed him and he stopped on the treadmill and I couldn't crank him up. So I'm sorry, man. I apologize. I, I owe you a couple mm. of minutes. What? How can I repay you? Don't you worry about it. I'm just glad you cut off a piece of that wall and put it on under that blazer and start today's show. Talk to me, Rick, though, about the sports industry right now. The World Series is off and running here. The baseball playoffs, from a television ratings perspective, have been dominant. How successful, though, in perspective, have you found this postseason baseball? Note to self, Kevin Walsh is much smarter before 9 a.m. in the morning. we got to get more of that. That was pretty good, all right? So <laughs> as far as baseball is concerned, they are moving in the right direction, but we'll have to see what the ratings are. This is not one of those blockbuster ratings series, although I'm looking forward to Rob Manfred either giving the trophy to a group of people who are proclaimed to have cheated or giving the trophy in a city where he moved the All-Star game from six months ago, five months ago, four months ago, to Denver. So that's an interesting concept, but that's not riveting television. That doesn't make you watch. But at the end of the day, the wild card numbers were up 90%. The DSs were up significantly. The CSs were pretty riveting. And it is 1-1, so we'll have to see what happens over time this month. The important thing to remember, 
December 1, it's looming. It's looming because the collective bargaining agreement is expiring and getting into it last year. Remember how difficult it was to set the scene for the COVID recovery 60 games? The playoffs, I think, were great last year. Uh, every team ought to get in and play a two out of three. Uh, and the bottom line is we don't have those kind of discussions yet because we don't have a, a collective bargaining agreement, probably universal DH, but everything else is up in the air. Yeah, the Universal DH, I cannot wait to get that back in the National yeah. League. Talking about big-time ratings in sporting events here, Rick, also should equate to big-time gambling opportunities. My question to you is, you know, state-by-state state slowly turning on here, but what is stopping some of the big states here from getting involved in online gambling and legalizing sports gambling, particularly California, New York, maybe a Florida? What are the holdups here? You see the big business that New Jersey is doing. Why aren't other states climbing on board quickly here, and what could be – taking so long for these states to do so three words politics you know they're climbing on board but they're falling off because politicians sometimes don't know how to make deals and the way to make those deals by the way is to realize how much money you got california went from a state that just morally uh was abhorrent to gambling you oppose it now all of a sudden you're looking at your budgets and the mayor of sacramento and, and fresno and oakland and all of the cities that have homeless and teacher issues and food issues and water issues, they're saying, hey, we know how to spend the money. We just got to make it. So I think it's just a little bit of a matter of time. Specifically, New York's approved it conceptually. We're going to get those licenses parsed out before the Super Bowl because that you better do because of the big money. And then my prediction is in the next two or three years, City Field, Yankee Stadium, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, we're all going to have it because we have it in a lot of other places. Indiana's revenues off the charts. Jersey's revenues off the charts. Florida's cut a couple of deals with the Seminole tribes. When they have three, they start. So each state has its own issues. What do they have in common? Money. They need it. They want it. They'll all get it. Five years from now, bold prediction, maybe three years from now, 46, maybe 47 states will all have gambling. And the ones that don't have it, they will be very moralistic, but they won't have any money. Talking expansion there, Rick. How about the NHL expanding into Seattle here? The Kraken's debut. All signs perhaps pointing to this being a big early success for the NHL? Yeah, well, the Kraken will be somewhere between the Vancouver Grizzlies, where the NBA allowed them in but didn't allow them to play with five players. So the expansion draft didn't work. And, you know, they didn't succeed. That's why they're the Memphis Grizzlies. And then the uh, Vegas Knights, they let them draft everybody. And, you know, they go and win the Stanley Cup and general managers get upset. So somewhere in the middle, they're going to, you know, struggle and make the playoffs, I think. But that's not the issue. Climate pledge issue is a wonderful building. It was Jeff Bezos and Amazon. And he named the building. He bought the price for the building. But he named it as a tribute to improving the climate and the planet. And I guess when you have billions, you can afford to do that. The lobby is a tribute to being environmentally conscious. It used to be the key center arena, key arena, and then the Seattle Center Arena in 1962 with the Space Needle. I was born. You guys were just a twinkle, not even a twinkle. And the bottom line was Seattle was an amazing city for hockey, WH, uh, the World uh, Hockey League, the Western Hockey League, sorry, with the Seattle Totems and, and Vancouver and Portland, a great rivalry. Now they're in the major leagues, thanks to $500 to $600 million later. Great building, great arena, great uniforms, great band. 
you know, Nirvana, uh, Nirvana plays the opening anthem for the Kraken. What, what a what a marvelous deal. And by the way, I, I apologize. I just real, realized your your uh, uh, comment, although it hits me a minute earlier. Uh, the uh, the uh, shirt blends in with this wall. I hate mustard, man. I'm sorry. It, it looks like a mustard convention. Sorry about that. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> stuff yeah. there. Interesting here. By the way, FIFA and EA are ending their 30-year partnership here, Rick. Obviously, you know, we're talking about billions or at least hundreds of millions up for stake here. Is this up for a free agency to try to lend it out for FIFA? What's the prognosis here? And also, why did EA get dropped here with no negotiations? Well, they were just a little bit apart. They were paying $150 million and FIFA wanted a billion. So it's like, wow. don't even bother. And so FIFA, you know, attempted to say, well, you know, you got to do your own thing. And, and, and EA said, all right, we're going to create a new brand and it's not going to have FIFA in it. And they're going to have trouble with the rights. But uh, EA believes that the brand they've created is big enough where you follow the soccer players around electronically and it doesn't have to have the uniforms and FIFA. We'll have to see on that one. Free agency, yeah, there will be a conglomeration of companies coming to bid on this one. Do you have a billion dollars? I'll help you. With, I'll help you with a bid if you have a billion. Yeah, I mean that's. A, I mean you're going to need a conglomerate to come. A billion. Yes, dollars. you are. I mean goodness. Yes, you I are. I mean goodness yeah, me. That is yes, quite a lot there. Thank you though so much, Rick, for joining us here this morning on the early line. That is Rick Harrow, the sports professor, sports grids, sports business analyst. Rick, always a pr- pleasure to have you here on the early line. I'll throw in the mustard shirt. You have the mustard shirt if you want it. Talk to you soon. <laughs> it's tremendous. We'll be right back. <laughs> SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. NBA back in action here on a Thursday. No TNT games, which means no three by twos, at least I think, which is unfortunate, but still a good slate. Nonetheless, a couple of more, the more interesting games here tonight. The Sixers host the Pistons as 10-point favorites. The Philly angle, of course, is important. But I got to say, is now Detroit is officially going to be the team that will last be getting a victory to start this season. No Kate Cunningham, man. Like, the Detroit tank is already on. What's the deal? Like, I'm looking at this rookie of the year market, and we just talked about the Cavs being... You know, sneaky good here. Evan Mobley plus 750 was 13 to 1. And that number was mentioned here on this show before the season started about the value that was there. But Cade Cunningham still plus 410. It's early, but we're still waiting on his debut. 
Yeah, we are still waiting on his debut. So you're looking for this Philadelphia 76ers who got blasted in their last game up at the Garden versus the New York Knicks. Now coming back home to the friendly confines of the Wells Fargo Center. Still no word on if Ben Simmons is going to show up, practice, play anytime soon. But the Sixers certainly have to get on with their season. They should be able to win this game. They're favored by 10. Maybe we get some points mm-hmm. in this one where the Sixers didn't show up. Talking to you, Seth Curry, who every time I don't bet a three-point prop with Seth Curry, what does he do? goes nuts every time I have him involved in a three-point prop. He seems to go 0 for 4 or 0 for 5. But again, this should be an easy victory for the Philadelphia 76ers tonight in this game against the Detroit Pistons. I mean, come on. Killian Hayes, Josh Jackson, Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant, Isaiah Stewart. That's not a lineup that should be doing damage on the road versus the Sixers. The next question for us, Kevin, is not so much will the Sixers win. When are the Detroit Pistons going to pick up that first victory here? Well, I, <laughs> I wouldn't hold our breaths, Donnie. I really, really wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think it's tonight. I really don't. I got to say, as far as the Sixers go, they are a mixed bag against the number, but a perfect 4-0 and ATS in the opening quarter of games. And in some ways, that does feel like it fits the Sixers' MO because, well, Doc Rivers can't mess up rotations in the first quarter, really. It's... It's the second quarter where he puts out teams that have absolutely no offensive output there. So the Sixers in the first quarter is, I think, a trend to follow here. A little bit lighter than that big 10-point spread in this game. The Pistons yet to cover a number, though, in this young season. Again, 0-3 here for Detroit. The Sixers' last game was a loss to the New York Knicks. They're in action in Chicago. And that unbeaten Bulls team taking the floor recently got an update around Zach Levine is going to be playing through a torn ligament on the thumb, I believe on the off-shooting hand. Looks like he should be okay. But this point spread coming down a little bit here. Right now, a Bulls minus one number. That total, 214 and a half, Donnie. Can the Chicago Bulls keep their unbeaten start to the season rolling here? Let's hope so here because every win matters here when you're trying to make the playoffs, particularly trying to make the playoffs to cash a yes in will they make the playoffs being the Chicago Bulls light line here. But it's it's so, you know, you have a team coming on the road, good to, good next team playing the Bulls team that's undefeated. The Bulls haven't really had that much pressure on them early in the season. A pretty easy schedule so ramps up tonight versus the Knicks. The one question is here, Kevin, from three-point range. Are the Knicks going yeah. to continue to rain down and fire away? Because the ultimate equalizer in the NBA is if you shoot a lot of threes and make a lot of threes, you are extremely hard to beat. You absolutely are. And if you compete on the defensive side of the basketball in the way that the Knicks do, it's a good reason why they are 3-1. and one. I will say this is a team that's delivering on the offensive side of the basketball 3-1 and one to the over on their team total here. And if you look at the Bulls, again, the Detroit games were very low scoring. Very odd. Neither game they cracked 100, but put up 128 in this very building against the Pelicans. I look at that 214, and I wonder, Donnie, if that perhaps is a total that's a little bit more representative of what the Knicks were as opposed to what the Knicks are. I think it's also worth bringing up, Donnie, a bet that you were giving the people on In Play Sports tonight, which was a double-double bet on Julius Randle. A nice little plus price. That number's back tonight at minus 115. But Randle's uh, crashing that glass, Donnie, and he's filling up certainly double-digit points in all four of his games to start this season. 
Yeah, that's my new favorite market here at the FanDuel Sportsbook here to try to get into the double-double market here. But this has a lot of the same feels, Kevin, as we said last night. Remember the Freddie and Eddie parlay? If you would bet that one last night, it did not hit. And the reason I stayed off, it was because the night before, I had a plus 102. Last night, it was about a minus 143 at first pitch. So you take a look tonight. A little bit of plus money for Julius Randle. Love it. Now, all of a sudden, he's going to a minus number. I think I still might have to get involved. Just feels like one of those guys that you are assured to get 10 points, and he's always going to be a factor under the rim, getting rebounds. And also, the one point you brought up, which is so astute, you know, Coach Tibbs, let those guys run all game long. Blowout, non-blowout, I'm going to stick with my guys because Randall probably shouldn't have been in the game late and was in the game and actually picked up two rebounds in the final two minutes of that game. Double-doubles, Julius Randall might have to sign me up once again tonight. The Sixers emptied their bench, called a timeout, 30 seconds left. He still sent Julius Randle back out there, who's getting put back dunks over backup bigs on the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> He's absolutely right that Fitch just leaves him out there. I will mention even specifically, rebounds plus assists for Julius is 14.5, a perfect 4-0 to the over in that market, Julius Randle averaging over 11 rebounds and almost seven assists to start this season for the New York Knicks, just picking right where he left off last year in terms of an all-star caliber performance. Another interesting spot tonight, Donnie, these unbeaten Golden State Warriors host the Memphis Grizzlies team that I think left a lot to be desired on that floor last night against the Portland Trailblazers and now playing a back-to-back -back in Golden State could be a difficult task here for this team. And I think you're seeing it reflected a little bit in a point spread with the Warriors laying five and a half here. This total right now is 233. Yeah, teams back-to-back -back on the road. Where would you see that? The Los Angeles Lakers handle the business in San Antonio, then go play Oklahoma City and come out with fresh mm -hmm. legs in the first half, only to fade away in the second half and give away a give away an easy victory that turns into a loss, and Oklahoma City picked that up. Maybe some of the same tonight because Golden State at home, rested and ready. Memphis now coming to town on the back-to-back -back of a away you know, road trip here. So what are you going to look forward to? Maybe they have enough in their legs in the first half and fade away just like the Los Angeles Lakers did last night. I'm only looking towards Golden State in this one. And maybe it's because I have a ticket here on Steph Curry being the MVP of the association here in 2021-2022. But on a back-to-back, -back, and if you're not giving me you know, 8, 9, or 10 points and you're playing a good Golden State Warriors team, I could see it being tough in the second half trying to chase this team around as they drain three mm -hmm. after three after three. Golden State for me tonight. Overall, Golden State is a 4-0 team right now. They've missed being perfect against the number by just one point against the Oklahoma City Thunder despite their incredibly slow start to that game. The Grizzlies, though, are a scrappy group. There is history between these teams. You have to remember, final game of the regular yeah. season, battle for the eight seed, Golden State wins. They lose their play-in early game to the Lakers due to a, cl a clutch LeBron three. The Grizzlies eliminate the Spurs. They play single elimination. And Memphis, in Golden State, bounced Steph and the Warriors. So there is a little bit of history here. I, Memphis is not a team that I want to consistently fade, but Donnie's right. This is a tough schedule spot. I'm fascinated by the total, though, because the Warriors have now played three consecutive unders since opening night. The Grizzlies played their first under of the season last night against the Blazers, 
But that game, if you got more out of Memphis, very well could have got there. So if Memphis's offense can come back a little bit to the fold here overall, 233 could still present some value towards that over. As always, worth bringing up some of the Steph Curry props here over under five and a half made threes. He's actually only hit that mark once which a game against the Clippers in a game that he hit five in the opening quarter and finished eight of 13. He's still shooting 40% on the year from beyond the arc. I know it's difficult to bet under on Steph, but he is currently three and one under on made three point shots and three and one under on his points prop. And I think part of the reason for that, Donnie, is all of the Steph numbers have been booked just exactly where he was when he closed out last season and was scorching earth. And listen, he's still playing great basketball. I'm not saying he's not. He's also filling out the stat sheet in other ways. Multiple double-digit rebound games, multiple double-digit assist games here. Perhaps teams forcing the ball out of Steph's hands a little bit more. And maybe those points props still at 32.5, just a little bit too high. Yeah, it could be a little bit too high here, but I'd look for them firing away tonight. There's no reason to believe that they are not the rested team and they should have more energy tonight. We'll see if he could just get by. So points, you theoretically, you would say this game would go over, but I always worry about the teams on the back-to-back if they fade in the second mm-hmm. half for me, Kevin. To be fair as well, the 145-point performance from Steph, the lone home game that has appeared so mm-hmm. far on Golden State's schedule, second home game here for them tonight. Perhaps some splits that could be relevant to Steph Curry in this game. One more to bring up, Donnie, a back-to-back between Atlanta and Washington. Both teams on a back-to-back coming into this game. Atlanta, a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. A low total in this one of 222. I just want to bring up Bradley Beal quickly because Beal last night felt like he shot the ball 70 times but couldn't actually provide really anything of value to Washington and yet they still beat the Boston Celtics coming back home. I'm not sure they should be a dog price here to the Atlanta Hawks. It'll be another good one to follow, but we go to Thursday Night Football next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Thursday night football. Cardinals, Packers, 7-0 over, 6-1. And still, unfortunately, some of the juice has been knocked out of this game. J.J. Watt not only absent for this one, but it looks like his season could be over for the Arizona Cardinals due to some news that developed overnight where he will need potentially season-ending shoulder surgery. A tough blow for the Cardinals and a really tough blow for J.J. Watt, 
who looked like he really was enjoying playing football for this winning team here in Arizona. But the Packers come in with problems of their own, most notably Devontae Adams, very, very likely to miss this game because of COVID-19. The Packers, with all of that information, are six-and-a-half-point underdogs. The total in this game is 50-and-a-half. And as we discussed in our opening hour, Donnie, although they are missing a lot of their weapons, they being the Green Bay Packers, they still have the main piece, and that's Aaron Rodgers. And getting Aaron Rodgers at near a touchdown is always going to be an enticing price. No, it certainly is. And they're getting close. You know, we started out, what, around that four price range. Now you get the injury. I shouldn't say injuries. They're the COVID list outages for, you know, Adams. And then also take a look at Valdez. Scantling's supposed to come back, but maybe banged up. Alan Lazard also out on the COVID-19 list. So it doesn't leave a lot of wide receivers on an offense that particularly hasn't been all that explosive. It's always nice when you have the big three back there, right? You have Jones in the backfield, Aaron Rodgers, and then on the outside, Adams. So you're down to two of those three, which isn't still a bad two of three. Most teams like the Houston Texans would die for that type of situation to come down for them so they can actually move the football. But looking tonight, it just seems like an easy proposition for Arizona to go out and win tonight. And we keep saying, well, the one thing that you have still is Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play football in the NFL, to keep them around and keep them involved in this game. But we keep saying, hey, sometimes where the Packers check out if things aren't going their way early. It's not one of those teams that says, hey, we're down three touchdowns at the half. Let's try to make a game of this in the second half. It seemed like it goes from 10 to 3 to 17 to 3 to 24 to 3 to Aaron Rodgers being on the bench and backups in the game. Do I think it's going to go that way? No, I don't. Thursday's a tough football game for both of these teams. Also keep in mind, if DeAndre Hopkins isn't 100% healthy, that also hurts the offensive output here for the Arizona Cardinals. Are the Cardinals the better overall football team coming into tonight? Yes, they are. But the question is just not if they can win. It's if they're going to win by seven-plus points to cash in a ticket. That's what right now, Kevin, I'm not so sure of. The team totals in this game are both very, very interesting to me, Donnie, because the Green Bay Packers number is just 21 and a half, a number that they have now hit in six consecutive games. Again, only three points in the opening debacle against the New Orleans Saints. But, of course, not only missing key pieces, you're going up against an Arizona team that has only allowed over 20 points just once this season, to the Minnesota Vikings. You look at that Arizona team total. It's 28 and a half. Feels quite high. Arizona has scored 30 plus points in six of their seven games this season. But to be fair, the Packers have not allowed over 28 and a half points since the opening debacle in the New Orleans Saints. I often feel, Donnie, and I know you obviously are always looking at team totals here, but I feel like they're such good markets to help place a game into perspective when you look at these two team totals here does anything jump out to you because i am really interested in just seeing a rogers team at that three and a half touchdown mark here again incredibly enticing to get involved on and over it is. It really is. And I guess if you're looking for that team total perspective, you think they're going to be in the game. Because if you tell me right now the Green Bay Packers get 24 points, probably going to be a closer game here. But it's one of those where what are you getting out of the Green Bay Packers on offense? And are they forced to move the needle? Because watching the Green Bay Packers tonight, the way I'm trying to break this game down, 
The Packers are going to score points. We understand that. It's just a matter of how many they score. 17, 20, 24, 28, 31, enough to win this game. But when I go into games and I try to take a team total, it's either got to be a really depressed market, meaning, you know, 17 and a half, 18 and a half, 19 and a half, if you don't like the offense. But particularly from a Green Bay perspective, you still do have Aaron Rodgers. You still do have Matt LaFleur, who's been very good in the NFL as a head coach slash offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. But my question is, how easy will the points come by? Because Arizona Cardinals do have a decent defense. And if you know, like, hey, man, we really can't get beat that much over the top. Robert Tanyan is an okay tight end. And, yeah, you know, Jones at running back is a pretty good option. But outside of that, where are all these explosive down-the-field plays coming from, Kevin? Where is the third and 14 where Aaron Rodgers buys a little bit of time and throws a rocket over the middle to Devontae Adams streaking down the field for a 30-yard game for a big pickup? That's not going to be here tonight. So all of those plays where – Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are on the same page. The back shoulder throws, the free plays where a guy jumps off sides, they are in sync together. Now that might not be the case here with some backup wide receivers and some banged up backup wide receivers. This looks to me more of Aaron Rodgers' short throws, move the football, just move the chains and see what happens. And to me, that doesn't lead to a whole lot of points. So typically, if Devontae Adams was playing tonight, that over-under would be much higher because you would know one thing. The Packers are in it to win it here because they are going to get some deep shots and some big-time plays. Let's also keep in mind, Kevin, at the same time, Devontae Adams is an unbelievable red zone target. Every time, yeah. third and one, fade route, back shoulder route, beating his man, uh, uh, penalties in the end zone for pass interference. That's not going to be the case tonight. Points might be tough to come by tonight for the Green Bay Packers for me, Kev. It's absolutely fair. I think one of the interesting things we were also talking about, Donnie, is maybe a slower pace here tonight from Green Bay, where even if they're playing well on the offensive side of the football, they're not here for a 35-30 shootout with the Arizona Cardinals, maybe. One market that could be representative of that and show some value here is an under-pass attempts prop for Aaron Rodgers. The number is 35 and a half which he's gone over twice this season, but one of the two games being the overtime matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals, where obviously they were able to steal some extra attempts there for Aaron Rodgers. 35 and a half, perhaps. Donnie, again, slower-paced game. Maybe they hand it off a little bit more to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And by the way, in the game they lost this season, he only threw it 28 times because as we said, when things go bad for Green Bay... Eh, he don't really want to be there anymore anyway, Donnie. That's one prop that I think when you kind of factor in the ins and outs of this game could make some sense on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it, it does make a lot of sense, and you're right. Like They are a great front-running team and a front-running organization. When things are good, they roll them up, and we celebrate how good Aaron Rodgers is. But when things go south, they're one of the first teams to pull starters, particularly Aaron Rodgers, late in the game. Now, take a look at their overall 2021 schedule, Kevin. There's not a lot of elite offenses out here. You played the Saints, the Lions, the 49ers, the Steelers, the Bengals coming into their own now, so a good team, the Bears, and the Washington football team. Look at the next two weeks here for the Green Bay Packers, which you think, hey, they're cruising. They won, you know, six straight games at the Cardinals, at the Chiefs. We're going to see what this defense is made of tonight because I want to see if the pressure is put on Aaron Rodgers tonight. Arizona gets the opening kickoff, drives down for a touchdown. 
three and outs the Packers. Arizona drives down and kicks a field goal, so now they're up double digits. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be able to return fire tonight without all his weapons? That's going to be one thing to watch. And this is one of those games where at the FanDuel Sportsbook, which is so nice, you can get involved in game in this one because if you see things going south quickly, you brought up the point already, Kevin. It's a great one. If it's 17-3 to Arizona, boy, now's the time to take the Packers. They're getting 10 and a half points. No doubt in my mind they'll keep this game close. Not necessarily the case here, so that's something to keep an eye on as you watch this game play out. Absolutely, Donnie. On the Kyler Murray aspect of things, this is a guy that people always are looking to back, and with good reason. I will say, though, his rushing yards prop, 27 and a half. His last three rushing outputs, 7 for 1, 7 for 6, 6 for 10. That is not the Kyler that we were once used to here. And in fact, he's only gone over 27 and a half rush yards twice on this season. They've talked about it. Maybe they don't want Kyler running around in the way that he used to here. I will say quarterback rush props to the under. Other than Lamar, whose books like a running back are very difficult because it takes just one carry to chew up 60% of a prop. Sometimes you can cash a rushing prop on just one quarterback run here. Talk to me, though, Donnie, the props market overall Thursday night football. Who has your attention? Yeah, props market makes a lot of sense here. And you particularly look at the running backs. Why? And maybe from a Green Bay perspective, doesn't seem too easy with Aaron Jones, 59 and a half at this point. You say, well, they have no wide receivers and they're going to have to get their offense from somewhere. So why not it be Aaron Jones? We've seen it many times where offensive coordinators, offensive game plans really outsmart themselves. Because if it was me, it was the common public, you're coming into this game. What's your first thought in this game? Not Aaron Rodgers throwing 50 times. It's getting Aaron Jones involved and keeping the football on the ground to try to move the chains. So that 60 should come into play tonight. But even teasing it at the top of the show today, Aaron Rodgers over nine and a half still has some wheels, still has some mobility. You know how many times in a game you see him scrambling, the play breaks down, it's third and nine. He runs for 12 yards with that slide that looks like he slides for 15 yards, knowing that he's taken center stage as if he's playing a piece in the game. Now, the best part about this prop here is if you don't think, once again, the Green Bay Packers are not favored to win this game. So maybe if he rushes for 11 yards, you might not be taking three knees at the end of the game, minus two, minus two, minus two, and losing that. I think that makes a lot of sense. But also, you know, maybe a player touchdown prop for an anytime touchdown score. Aaron Jones, minus 130. DeAndre Hopkins, minus 115. But the guy that seems to get the call a lot on the goal line, and if you think Arizona is going to score, take a look at James Conner. Plus 115, anytime touchdown score tonight. He is a vulture on the goal line. If it's first and goal from the one, two, or three, he's getting multiple carries down there. That's the guy I look to score a touchdown tonight. James Conner, plus 115 for me. Zach Gertz is plus 210. His plus 250 price cashed in the opening game for him in an Arizona uniform. He got a couple of looks down there in the red area. Actually scored on a 47-yard touchdown. I have no idea the last time he did that in a Birds uniform. One thing I'm going to keep an eye on, though, Donnie, is we have an over-under on receiving yards for Aaron Jones at 38.5. But we don't have a total receptions prop yet for Aaron Jones, and that will be the more intriguing number to me because I don't think the yards per catch are guaranteed to be big for Aaron Jones. I'm sure there will be a lot of eyes on him. You know, for example, a game against the Bengals, he had four catches for only six yards. 
but a receptions prop, whether it be a big juice three and a half or a plus money four and a half, I think could be worth a look here tonight quickly. And of course, we will be going over these in plenty on in-play sports tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern start time on Sports Grid Radio. But Donnie, have you saw any match specials here or as they're labeled tonight, game specials on Thursday night football that are eye-popping? Yeah, keep it quick here on these because usually you get these two teams matched up. You just want to go bonanza on taking the overs, but not the case tonight. But I do think the odds boost tonight is pretty good on the FanDuel Sportsbook. One or more touchdowns in each quarter tonight plays back at a plus 190. And then our old favorite here, Kevin. Each team, one rushing touchdown, one passing touchdown, scores out tonight at plus 290 as a decent look. And my favorite one, which I'm going to have to be pulled back on, Kevin, Marion Rodgers. One touchdown passing a piece in both the first half and the second half. That's at a plus 350 price. Always some good options here at the FanDuel Sportsbook tonight for this NFL game. Wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't bring up Kyler and Rodgers to combine for 500 passing oh, no. yards and four no, passing no. touchdowns. Can't do it. Plus 185. DRS. 200 yards. Involved, Who's throwing man. for 200? I, I don't know. No one. Come on out. Don, you'll close out the early line next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Last segment of the day here for the early line, right here on the Sports Grid Network, with myself on your right side and Kevin Wall setting the table from 7 to 9 a.m. Before we hand it off to the morning after with Ben Stevens from 9 to 12. Last couple minutes, I like to pick on some topics here that we have today. We got NFL action on a Thursday night, going out Green Bay taking on the Arizona Cardinals. You saw also last night the World Series evening up at one to one with the day off today. And a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series here, basically, down in Atlanta. But the concept today is don't panic. Don't panic. Don't panic if you're the Braves. Don't panic if you're the Houston Astros. But more importantly, in the NBA, don't panic if you're some of the upper echelon teams here. Who are we looking squarely at today? The Los Angeles Lakers. And we're looking squarely at the Brooklyn Nets. Let's start with the Brooklyn Nets here. What's not to like on the season? I don't know. Kyrie Irving, when is he coming back? If he's ever coming back. James Harden playing himself back into shape. The Nets under 500 could be one and four if they didn't have that miracle comeback and collapse by the Philadelphia 76ers last Friday night. But as you saw the post-game press conference with KD answering questions. Hey, is Kyrie coming back? I don't know, but it looks like we really need the guy. Sure you do. Everybody wants another all-pro, all-caliber, all-star player on your roster here. But it's early in the NBA season. There's 82 games to play out here. And you know why we're not panicking here? Take a look at the FanDuel Sportsbook odds right now. Brooklyn Nets, look like they're in shambles. I don't know if they can win another game. How about this? They're still plus 250 to win the NBA championships this year. By far the favorite. You know who else lost last night? Yeah, 
Los Angeles Lakers to the worst team in the NBA, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Blew a massive lead in the first half, only to collapse in the second half. Russell Westbrook did get a triple-double. LeBron James sat out. You know why we're not panicking here either? Take a look at the Los Angeles Lakers at the FanDuel Sportsbook today at a plus 500 to win the NBA title. Don't panic. It's a long season. Things will play out. James Harden will play back in the shape. Don't sweat the small details here. But you know what you need to do? Follow the morning after coming up from 9 to 12 right here on the Sports Grid Network with Ben Stevens as your host. As for the early line, both myself, Donnie Wrightside, and Kevin Walsh, we'll see you on a football Friday tomorrow. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.